Well, good morning and uh, welcome to our continuing Bible study in the book of Luke, uh, the Gospel of Luke. And uh, <clears throat> we're uh, in chapter 11 and today we're going to be covering the last uh, section of verses in chapter 11, uh, beginning in uh, verse 37. And uh, it would be good to remember that, uh, that where this takes up uh, regarding these Pharisees and some lawyers, that they were present as he had been talking uh, to these other folks about uh, the, the ones that, uh, that sought a sign. And he said, there shall be no sign given them but the sign of Jonas the prophet. And, and the Ninevites shall rise up in, in judgment against the people of this generation because they seek a sign. And, and then he said, and the queen of the south shall rise up in judgment because she traveled many, many miles to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And he says, and yet a, a greater than Solomon is here. And then he, he, he gives a, at the close of those two things, then in verse 33 through 36, uh, he goes into that, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the parable of the, the lamp or the light and no man when he hath lighted a candle putteth in a secret place or neither under a bushel but on a candlestick that they which come in may see the light and uh, <clears throat> then he says take heed that uh, the light that's in you be not darkness and and he says if the whole body therefore be full of light having no part dark the whole shall be full of light and the conversely the same is true if the eye is full of darkness and the whole body is full of darkness and and so while he's saying these things and exhibiting that that infinite wisdom that he possessed and that he uh, spoke we begin in verse 37 today and as he spake a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him and he went in and sat down to meet that's Christ, went in and sat down to meet. And when the Pharisees saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. <clears throat> and that didn't have anything to do with the hygiene of your hands are dirty, so you need to wash. It was a ceremonial ritual procedure <clears throat> that the Pharisees insisted on. He says, And the Lord said unto him, Now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. Ye fools, <clears throat> did not he that made that which is without make that which is within also? But rather give alms of such thing as ye have, and behold, all things are clean unto you. But woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, and pass over judgment and the love of God. And, and these ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. <clears throat> Woe unto you, Pharisees, for you love the, the uppermost seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are as graves which appear not, and the men that walk over them are not aware of them. And then answered one of the lawyers and said unto him, Master, thus saying, thou reproachest us also. And he said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for you laid men with burdens grievous to be borne, 
and ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe unto you, for ye build the sepulchres of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Truly you bear witness that you allow the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and ye build their sepulchres. Therefore also said the wisdom of God, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute, that the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation, from the blood of Abel under the blood of Zacharias, which perished between the altar and the temple. Verily I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation. Woe unto you, lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. You entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in you hindered. And as he said these things unto them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently and to provoke him to speak of many things, laying in wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him. And so that's our... Uh, scriptures for today is quite a lengthy reading, but it uh, kind of deals with these religious folks of the time, and the religious folks of today are just this in the same basket. And <clears throat> so, uh, this key of knowledge, he says, that's a maybe the the to me was the most interesting part of this. He says, you take away the key of knowledge. And you don't enter in yourself. And remember back in our, on our last lesson, they that enter in that, that they may see the light. And he says, nobody covers that up so, so that they that enter in can see it. Boy, what, what these Pharisees did with the gospel is covered it up bad and, and ignored it and didn't see it and couldn't know it. And, uh, and the lawyers. So, uh, the key of not it reminded me of a verse and I mentioned this to Norm this morning in Second Corinthians chapter four, verse six. God <clears throat> who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, and we read that back in Genesis chapter one, <clears throat> has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's what. That's the difference. It takes that divine work of God to shine that light in our hearts, and that's a spiritual shining. And <clears throat> and but it means to illuminate us, uh, uh, to give knowledge about the Lord. And <clears throat> so, uh, the you know the true purpose of these Pharisees inviting the Lord to. Uh, Supper, uh, it was kind of exposed here at the end of our reading there where it said they, they were trying to get him to say something that they might, they might accuse him. And, uh, verse 54, you know that the traditions of the Pharisees were, were well known and especially transparent to the Lord of glory uh, to whom nothing is hidden and all things are naked. It's what it tells us in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13. There's there's nothing, no creature that's not manifest in his sight. All things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And you know that's just a big mistake that, that man in his natural 
uh, condition makes about God. They say, uh, God says, you think I'm just such a one as yourself, and I'm not. And you think that I have the same characteristics and attributes of men. You know, we have our secret thoughts, our secret parts of our heart, or our innermost secret things, and and we think, well, no one can see that. I can't tell what's in your heart. I can't tell uh, unless it's exposed externally. And they seem to think that's the same way about God. He can't know what they're really thinking. But uh, the Lord, He could see right through them and see and know from eternity what they were about because they were ordained unto this this work, this uh, uh, to do what God had before determined to have done from before the foundation of the world. So they <clears throat> they supposed that he couldn't tell or see what they were up to. And, and you know, the Pharisees went to great lengths <clears throat> to observe traditions which they themselves originated. It's called the traditions of men, and it's spoken about in the Bible all the time. Yeah, you give for the commandments of God, you give the traditions of men in the place of them. And, and the traditions of men don't have much to do generally with the gospel. And, that, and the, the commandments of God had to do with, with the light of the gospel shining in people's hearts. And, and God chose by the foolishness of preaching that gospel to save them that believe. So <clears throat> to ignore that and to go with the other is a is just a heinous situation there and and this ritual washing was just a a clear example of of that there there was no commandment from god issued for ritual washing before you ate it just there just wasn't one and if there was a commandment from god if there was a law of moses that said thou shalt wash ritually before eating then Jesus would have been bound to do it because he fulfilled all the law for us that we couldn't do ourselves. He, would, he fulfilled every jot and tittle of the law so that there, this case there wasn't any law like that. And so he didn't, he didn't participate because it was a, a fakery. And <clears throat> uh, ritual washing described in the law of Moses as far as men were concerned, if you go back and read the Old Testament and the Gospels of Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy and such, the, the washing primarily with men primarily dealt with the ceremonial washing of the priests before they were clothed with the priest's garments and before they entered into the holy place. Uh, in Exodus you can find that in Exodus chapter 29 and verse 4. I'll read that for you if you don't want to turn there. But, And Aaron and his sons shalt thou bring to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shall wash them with water. And in Exodus 30, 20, When they go to the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall wash with water <clears throat> that they die not. You can't go in to God without washing. The washing of the word—it's a spiritual metaphor for the washing of the word and 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 the cleansing of the blood of Christ. Uh, <clears throat> they shall wash with water that they die not, or when they come near to the altar to minister or to burn 
offerings made by fire unto the Lord. Uh, so they shall wash their hands and feet that they die not, and it shall be a statute for them forever to them, even to him and his seed throughout all their generations. It's, it's not optional. Can't go into God unclean, unwashed, un, uncovered by the blood of Christ. And so certainly there was no... There was no law given by God instructing ritual washing before a meal or the Lord would have, he would have observed it. He would have done it. He would have done the best job of it. <laughs> so by not participating in their religious falsehood here, he kind of calls attention to their hypocrisy and he says, you Pharisees, you just spend a lot of time and effort with this ritual washing to make the outside appear clean. But inside, you're you're full of ravening and wickedness, and <clears throat> uh, you know the Lord knew what they were up to. Kind of reminded me in our last lesson about Solomon and the Queen of Sheba. He says he knew all their all her questions before she even asked them. Uh, he was given that wisdom from the Lord. He knew their hearts and. So he gives a spiritual rebuttal regarding their problem, which was the same problem everyone has, is sin and self-righteousness and unbelief and failure to observe the true essence of the gospel of God. Washing the outside to appear clean and righteous and religious and above others in moral character. It's like that Pharisee and the publican that went to the temple to pray. I oh, thank God I'm not like other men, especially this publican. I wash. I fast. I give tithes of all. I, I do this and I do that. I really like to give tithes when a lot of people can see me do it, you know. And, and uh, <clears throat> I remember in the uh, one of our studies on the temple uh, in one of our other classes, that inside the when you went into the the temple they had the the pillars that held up kind of the portico along the sides and they had the boxes for the offerings one for each tribe and then they had a thir a 13th box there that was for unaffiliated folks and they had these big brass like tuba things that came out of them so that when you cast in your shekels it made a noise and so people could hear and if you only threw in one shekel, it just kind of went, went rattle, 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 clank. But if you threw in a whole handful of coins, it made a shh noise, and everybody could look up and say, he's really righteous. He, look what he threw in there. And, and the Lord says, you know what? That, that widow woman, she, she had her two mites, and she threw them in. That's, she, that was all she had. And she's blessed, and you're not. Uh, you can't fool God. And so <clears throat> this washing the outside to appear clean and righteous, the the error of this is exposed in its entirety by the Lord. He says, your insides, your hearts are desperately wicked. And And can you imagine sitting there and having a dinner conversation and the Lord says, the inside of your hearts is is bad. <laughs> and can you imagine they just went, Oh my word. 
how can you say that to us? We're the religious guys. You know, we're in charge of the religion. How can you say that about us? <clears throat> they didn't know the very Christ, the Lord Almighty, right, sitting at the table with them. <clears throat> Their actions, which they assumed the Lord was not privy to, were just laid bare and revealed that they weren't believers or followers of Christ. And the, the, the proper thing which they should have observed, had they truly been the Lord's people, is... He says, here's what, this was. This would indicate a difference. And it's from the scripture. He gives them, he goes right to the Old Testament from Deuteronomy chapter 26. And he says, You fools, did not he that made that which is without make that which is within also? But rather... Instead of doing all this exterior, external show stuff, he says, rather give alms of the things that you have, and behold, all things are clean unto you. <clears throat> so I turn your attention now, if you want to go back to Deuteronomy 26, verse 10, it'll be the scripture that he's kind of referencing here. And, and because he said, you know, you ought to, tithing was correct. You should tithe, but you shouldn't leave the other stuff undone, which mainly is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy might, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. It, this contains all the law and the prophets. So in Deuteronomy 26:10 through 15, it says, And now, behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which thou, O Lord, hast given me. See, they attribute everything to God. They said, you have provided us with all things, the first fruits of the land, and thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God, and thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God hath given unto thee and unto thine house, thou and the Levite and the stranger that's among you. And when thou hast made an end of tithing all the tithes of thine increase, the third year, which is the year of tithing, and has given it unto the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, that they may eat within thy gates and be, be filled. Then shalt thou say before the Lord thy God, I have brought away the hallowed things out of mine house and have given them unto the Levite and unto the stranger and to the fatherless and to the widow, according to all thy commandments which thou hast commanded me. I have not transgressed thy commandments, neither have I forgotten them. I have not eaten thereof in my morning, neither have I taken away aught thereof for any unclean use, nor given aught thereof for the dead. But I have hearkened unto the voice of the Lord my God, and have done according to all that thou hast commanded me. Look down from thy holy habitation from heaven, and bless thy people Israel, and the land which thou hast given us, and as thou swearest unto our fathers a land that floweth with milk and honey. Boy, what a spiritual picture there that he gives all things. He blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ. And every good thing that comes to us comes from above. And we recognize that. And then we give thanks and praise to God for it. And instead of doing a bunch of external stuff and saying, I'm really religious. I'm going to wash twice before I eat and ceremonially and 
do all this abracadabra stuff. He said, you know what, before you eat, you should go out and make sure that all the widows had something to eat. You should make sure that the fatherless had something to eat. Give alms of, of such things as you have. And if you do that, then that marks you down probably more likely as a child of God than just doing this external religious stuff. And, you know, isn't that what, what the Lord said? By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. If you have love one for another, take care of one another. First John 3.17 says, Whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother hath need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? You know, and it's from the heart. It's not, you know, I'm certain these Pharisees, they probably flipped an alm or two to the blind guy on the gate on their way into the temple or the synagogue and, you know, made sure that everybody saw them because that's kind of what the scripture tells us here. You love to be seen doing stuff. You love to be greeted in the marketplace and said, Rabbi, Rabbi, oh, uh, can I have my selfie taken with you here, you know, and that kind of thing. You're a really famous religious person. Uh, so... You know, tithing according to the letter of the law, but not the spirit, is is not not from the Lord. And <clears throat> acknowledging that all things are from God and true worship and love, he says you tithe and you pass over judgment and the love of God there in verse 42. And, uh, you know, we kind of ran into that same thing in Luke chapter 10 when we were the last chapter we were in in Luke 10:25 behold a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him he wasn't really in it for a spiritual good reason he was just in it to see if he could catch the lord in some kind of uh, verbal snare and <clears throat> he tempted him saying master what shall i do to inherit eternal life cuz he, he secretly thought you know i've pretty much done everything i'm good i I, I do all the things that's required. And the Lord said unto him, What's written in the law? How readest thou? And boy, what a telling verse that is. What's written in the law? How readest thou? And you know, we just don't have a better example of that. And our pastor has been teaching out of the Old Testament law and the prophets now for years and years and years. And he says, he calls them the Gospel of Leviticus, the Gospel of Zechariah, the Gospel of Numbers. How readest thou? What do you read in there? Do you read in the scriptures? Well, here's a bunch of stuff that you need to do to comply. Or do you read in there and see the light? Do you read in there and see the Christ that the, the scriptures are talking about? Because that's what the Lord says. Beginning at Moses, he expounded to them all the things scriptures concerning himself and and we believe here we believe here that that means all the scriptures not just these certain ones that you might have a star in your bible says oh this is a messianic prophecy but all the sacrifices all of the the creation all starting at genesis all the way through malachi and in the new in the new testament the, someone's coming Someone is here, someone's coming back, is what he always says. So he's always giving us the gospel, and that's what we look for. He, uh, was it Spurgeon that said, Where, whatever scripture I'm at, I just start there and make a beeline for Christ. 
because and that's the only thing that that matters that's the only thing that that has anything that's any good and and uh, this Pharisee this lawyer that he's dealing with here in Luke chapter 10 he says he says what saith the law how readest thou and he says thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul and with all thy strength with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself boy there's a couple of really good articles in the bulletin this morning and in this one pastor that was getting ready to be with the Lord he was dying and he said I ain't I didn't pass any of these tests it's only by grace it's all I can count on He's, uh, can anyone here say I love the Lord 24-7 every second of every minute of every day I love the Lord God with all my heart all thy soul and all my might all my strength well, we just fall short of that just as the seconds tick by and in our neighbor is thyself <clears throat> and the Lord said unto him thou hast answered right this do and thou shalt live well we can't do that. The only way we can do that is through Christ, through Him doing it for us. But He willing to justify Himself said unto Jesus, Well, who's my neighbor? <laughs> Here's a lawyer question for you. Love thy neighbor as I Well, who's my neighbor? Well, wrong answer. <laughs> You know, loving the worship of men rather than worshiping God is the issue that comes up in verse 43. Woe unto you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue, and that's some kind of leafy plant, that some kind of vegetable spice or something that they, a commodity that they traded. All manner of herbs, and, and you pass over judgment and the love of God. You just spend all your time on the do things, and you skip judgment and you skip the love of God that we just read about this lawyer from Luke uh, chapter 10. <clears throat> you love, you know, it says you love the uppermost seats. Well, we think about that like a stadium, like in the football games or in the bowl games that are going on. The uppermost seats, we call them the nosebleed seats. But the seats that the Lord's talking about here is on the 50-yard line at the ground level. These are the, the, not the uppermost seats, but the most prestigious seats. The seats where everybody can see you and say, well, he's right in the front row. Everybody can see him and how religious he is. Uh, <clears throat> you, you love to be recognized in that fashion. You love to be, uh, you love to be recognized as being religious and 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 it's just the opposite where you just say I'm the chiefest of sinners saved by grace <clears throat> and you know in verse 44 he makes this uh, comparison with dead men's graves and that's an interesting uh, scripture there woe to you scribes and Pharisees you hypocrites Hypocrites is not a good word for the Lord to call you. <laughs> say, do one thing and and say another, you know. But you're as graves which appear not, and the men that walk over them are not aware of them. Well, 
You know that comes from numbers. If we ever get there in Norman's numbers class, and, uh, and chapter 19 is a long ways away. And <clears throat> verse 16 says, Whosoever toucheth one that is slain with a sword in the open fields, or a dead body, or a bone of a man, or a grave, shall be unclean seven days. So if you touch a grave, you're ceremonially unclean for seven days, and you have to kind of... It's kind of like COVID. You got to quarantine yourself for a week, and then do some whatever the law prescribed to get get over that. <clears throat> and so, uh, you know, during the Passover at Jerusalem, there'd be like three million people coming to town from every different direction to observe the Passover. And so they would go out where the people were buried, and they would whitewash the sepulchers and the graves as that they could find so that people wouldn't accidentally walk over them and touch them and be unclean because they wouldn't be able to participate in the Passover unless they had a whole week to get over the uncleanness part. <clears throat> You're as graves which appear not and the men walk over them are not aware of them. And so spiritually what that means is you pretend to be re religious you but you're kind of the people that come in contact with you are contaminated because you're not giving them the gospel and and you're you're disguised just as these unmarked graves are and people people unaware well you come to the church you expect to get the gospel and if you you come to the building and you sit down in the pew and and you know I was watching this fellow the other night from where we used to live up in Alaska and he says we're studying the life of David and open your Bibles to first Kings and then he goes on and gives us a 20-minute lecture on geography and uh, history didn't mention Christ one time. Didn't mention the gospel one time. And I, I quit listening then, but I'm sure that that's the way it ended, the same way as it started. It was just so disappointing. My wife, she says, Bleh. <laughs> That just summed it up. <laughs> but if you're, a, if you're un, unregenerate, you think, well, that was a really good lesson here. I know a lot about uh, geography and this hill of so-and-so and where this took place and where that took place. But God did not choose to save people by preaching geography or history. He chose to save them by the preaching of the gospel. And th those things might very well contain the gospel if you look for Christ in them and what they represent but just you know I could sit here and give you a geography lesson on the Dalles and the Columbia River Gorge but it's not going to lead anybody to the gospel of Christ it's just not so <clears throat> disappointing so he says you're just like those graves that are unmarked they're there and people touch them and then they're unclean and so you know, if we had a big white paintbrush, we could go around to all the gospel, the preachers that are not preaching the gospel and just go. 
we'd give them a whitewashing, <laughs> coat them, you know, and say, stay away from that. That's what we do. And so, you know, the the people were just contaminated by these religious fakers who appeared righteous <clears throat> uh, outwardly, but uh, in Matthew uh, 23, it says, they're full of dead men's bones. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you're like unto whited sepulchers. That's where that whited comes from, what we just talked about, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but are within full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. What a what an indictment. <clears throat> and then, <clears throat> right after that, we come to verse 45, and one of the lawyers that was at this supper says, wow, he's talking about us too. How can that be? <laughs> then answered one of the lawyers and said unto him, Master, thus saying, thou reproachest us also. No kidding. <laughs> and the Lord says, okay, since you speak up, woe unto you lawyers. <laughs> you laid men with burdens grievous to be borne, and ye yourselves touch not one of the burdens with your fingers. You build sepulchers of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. <coughs> and they're in the process of killing him. They just haven't got around to accomplishing it yet. And, you know, they say, well, we, we reverence the prophet Isaiah, and we're going to build a nice monument to him. But, you know, he said, which of the prophets have you guys not stoned and killed? And, and every one of them, practically, you know. Isaiah said, Lord, I'm all alone, and they're after me. <laughs> they seek to kill me. And the Lord said, thank God. The Lord, he said, you know, I've reserved 7,000 men to me that haven't bowed the knee to Baal, a remnant according to the election of grace, what Paul called it in Romans. And even at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. But at the time, Isaiah says, they're trying to kill me. And, and all the prophets, they were hiding in caves and, and they, they preached the word of God and, and were stoned. So, uh, <clears throat> and, and yet these guys pretend to worship them, but... <clears throat> they they didn't bring out the view of Christ in the gospel of Isaiah or Zechariah or Zephaniah or Malachi or any of those scriptures and the part that they did bring out they brought out wrong well can any good thing come out of Nazareth and, uh, and they just uh, ignore the whole thing so <clears throat> You know, it's sometimes better to just be quiet and not engage in argument with the Lord God Almighty. <laughs> be still and see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, they, one of the woes, he pronounced kind of three woes against them. Uh, the first one was, you know, you, re you just place religious burdens on men that nobody can comply with instead of preaching the gospel of grace and salvation. Now, the purpose of the law was to show us that we couldn't keep it, and we needed somebody to keep it for us. We needed a, 
with substitute. And <clears throat> we don't need someone to say, well, you need to, you need to keep this law. And, and that young man that said, all these have I kept from my youth up. Well, what about the one about lying? <laughs> Failed on that one already. So, <clears throat> but, you know, they, they place religious burdens on men that, and, you know, that's what it says in Acts 15. He says, why put a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Why, why do that? Why do you pretend to say that here's a bunch of stuff you need to do to be saved when it just comes down to by you know, faith or, or you're saved through grace and not, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. <clears throat> Acts 15.11, the next verse where he says, we can't keep the law. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. That's the. That's what you should be telling them. You build elaborate memorials to the prophets that they killed. And lastly, but not least in importance, in, is in verse 52. <clears throat> Woe to you lawyers! For you have taken away the key of knowledge. What an indictment. You've taken away the key of knowledge. You entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in you hindered. Kind of takes us back to verse 33 of earlier where it says uh, that they that come in may see the light. Well, if you put a sack over the light, so that those that are coming in can't see it, <clears throat> that's that's not good. You know, it says you entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in you hindered. And <clears throat> really kind of that, you know, we think of hindering as maybe creating an obstacle by making something more difficult but it's more it's a little more serious than that because they're denying the Lord God Almighty and salvation and it's uh, almost has the sense of a preventing a prevention kind of a sense uh, you take away the key of knowledge the gospel of the Son of God <clears throat> you you enter not in yourself, you deny his very presence, not believing the record that God gave of his son from Genesis to Malachi. And, and <clears throat> you hindered them that were coming in, <clears throat> controlling the religion of the day with traditions of men and failing to preach that gospel that's in every book of the Old Testament in giving out rules that no one can comply with. Boy, you, you go to a church and they have the big list of rules on the wall. Here's all the stuff you need to do and and uh, here's all your, uh, well, fill out this form kind of thing that we always kind of mock and ridicule or, you know, repeat after me, here's a rule or... Uh, <clears throat> You have to dress this way or not that way, or uh, 
you must attend every service or you get a checkbox against you or uh, things that are more designed for control uh, you can't do this or you can't do that things that that it's like that ritual washing God didn't decree that he uh, you know and Paul wrote in Romans uh, chapter 10 verse 2 He's, he's talking about his brothers and the nation there. And he said, I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And we know we just know lots of people like that. <clears throat> so they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They seem religious. They seem zealous. They seem uh, sincere, even, but sincerely not uh, knowledge. <clears throat> Ephesians one seventeen says, "The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him." And that comes through the gospel, the preaching of the gospel, and he uses that. So when you take that away, <clears throat> you you take away an important thing. So we'll stop there, and next time, Lord willing, we'll begin in chapter twelve. Be free. <clears throat>